What's up? What's happening? Welcome back to episode 83 of Skates at the Stakes. I'm your host, AJ DeVito, and we have a new player. We have a new Islander. We have a new pal. We have a new friend. And his name is Pierre. Pierre Engvall. We got Pierre Engvall from the Toronto Maple Leafs for a 2024 third-round pick. I really like this move. We'll get into it in a little bit. But first, let me introduce our co-host, as usual, Ryan. How you doing today, buddy? Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Skates at the Stakes podcast here, episode 83, our trade deadline edition. I know we've been talking about trades for, you know, pretty much the inception of this variation of the podcast. But, you know, uh, this is really where we like to talk about the rest of the league, the players around the league and how they look in New York Islanders jerseys. And to everyone's surprise, I even put out a tweet saying, oh, it's been a long time since Lou made a move to improve the team, almost a month and a half. And I was kind of missing out on the shiny new toys all over the league. Pierre Engvall has been traded to the New York Islanders for a 2024 uh, third-round pick. Uh, so we're going to talk a lot of Pierre. Um, it, it seems like A.O. Pierre, he wants to come out here. Uh, but I'll kick it over to Jake. How you doing tonight, Jake? And we'll get into Pierre in a little bit. Yeah, this should be a fun episode. I know the Islanders lost in the shootout, as always. But uh, Pierre Engvall is a New York Islander. It's going to be fun to break that one down. It's going to be fun to break down who else could be Islanders by Friday. Um, their next game is until Saturday, so... Uh, couple days for Lou to maybe make another move. There's uh, some cap space for him to do that, so we'll get into it and uh, answer some questions as well. It was a good day for the math, though. We got a point. The Penguins did get two points. The Panthers did get two points. I guess you could say Ottawa's now in the hunt, but Detroit lost and Buffalo lost in regulation, two teams that are trailing us. Pittsburgh did pass us now, but we still have to play them one more time, and I really don't think they're that all that good personally so we'll see what happens there they had a gutsy win against Nashville so even though their uh technical game winning goal was complete garbage but it's hockey I wasn't that upset with how we played today I thought we played pretty well it was a very boring game but I'm used to it I like boring hockey to uh 1-1 game realistically because we lost in a shootout we cannot score a shootout goal for our life it's embarrassing and we let ryan reeves score which was also embarrassing i was waiting for matt zuccarello to uh put the cherry on top scoring a shootout goal i would have just cried yeah there was a lot to like about this hockey game um sometimes you get goalied um i believe his name's felix gustafson philip Philip Gustafson, uh, I know he's bounced around the league the past couple of years. He came over uh, from the Senators in the Cam Talbot trade. And two times this season, dude has absolutely killed us. But we played good hockey. We won the deserve to win a meter. We're playing kind of structured defensive hockey again, which I know the three members of this podcast don't mind. I know some people don't like it as much, but they were dominant at points like Horvat and Lee looked really, really good together tonight. They seem to have really good chemistry. I'm excited to see them. Brock didn't show out as much in Minnesota, but I thought Zach had a pretty good game. Defense, everyone but the bottom pair, or I guess whatever you want to call the Dobson Ajo pair, looked really good. And we're getting there. We're just like maybe one or two moves away. I think, you know, Pierre Engvall could have been a difference maker tonight instead of Ross Johnson or Otto Coivola. But, you know, 
it's exciting to see Minnesota didn't play their best game. I know Kaprizov was pretty good, but like, you know, they didn't show out like they could have against us. And we still played them really tight. We played them tight twice this, twice this season. And I'm just kind of happy to walk away from this one with a point. Um, everyone knows who listened to our last podcast. We did beat the Jets last game. Uh, we're not going to do like daily game breakdowns for, you know, obvious reasons, but we just want to record here because of the trade deadline coming up. But we walk away from the road trip, uh, three out of four points. And, f- and Anyone had said that before the trip, you sign up for it every day of the week, especially seeing Detroit kind of fall off a cliff uh, in the past couple games. Yeah, all is good in Islander land right now, and we have a new pal, Pierre Engvall, like we said at the start of the program. He's a New York Islander. I really like this trade. You gave up a minimal asset in a third-round pick in 2024 for someone who's being compared to Anthony Beauvillier. He's 6'5". He's a great four-checker. I'm kind of looking at him as a playoff Beauvillier, you know, maybe a bit of an energizer bunny as we've used on this podcast before. I don't know how good he will he will be offensively with us. He put up 21 points in around 50 games, if I had to guess. But I like the move. I like the move a lot, and he's going to be a hopefully a key piece for this playoff run coming up. Yeah, good 26-year-old UFA or upcoming UFA player. This is the kind of guy we wanted the Islanders to get. Uh, so he's basically drafted the regime by four Lou in Toronto, but developed with the Marlies under Lou. Won a Calder Cup for the Marlies. Came up in the NHL, I believe, the first year the Leafs were... No, the second year. The, or the first year of the Leafs with uh, Tavares. Uh, played some good third-line minutes for like 40 games. Became a regular the next year in 2020. And then like the past two seasons, he's been a solid bottom six player last year he had 35 points in 78 games you know played across all aspects of the ice uh analytic darling uh, many are saying doesn't take too too many penalties for a bottom six guy um and then this year he's been pretty good i mean the analytics love him i looked at the j fresh charts and the dom models which say what you want about them and we'll probably say some more about them as this pod goes on but like they they gave a pretty good output for um our friend pierre and you know the leafs are making a lot of really weird moves we might get into it when we go around the league later in the podcast but they're trading for a lot of defensemen right now and he was a casualty of their cap crunch and this is the kind of guy you take a flyer on on waivers if he ever hits but a guy like this would never hit waivers when everyone said all the year why doesn't lou claim guys on waivers it's because sometimes guys like this become available at the deadline for like no cost and this is a perfect move earlier in the day i think i said in one of our group chats like just trust lou like it's not gonna be a name anyone's expecting i don't think anyone woke up this morning thinking pr angle is gonna be an islander and i'm perfectly satisfied now that he is spot on there 100 percent agree and do you guys have the bruins game on by any chance right now there was an islander jersey that just walked by my screen and i had to contain my laughter very random flames bruins Islander jersey. In Calgary, I think, right? Yep. Shout out that guy. But you had you had it spot on to a T with Pierre Engvall. We were not expecting it to be Pierre Engvall. We were expecting a forward. And it was an it was a name we didn't expect. I like the move a lot. I'm hoping we add a defenseman because Sebastian Aho, it's time to go. Uh we're back to wanting Aho out. He was god awful once again today, so you know, I'm looking at a guy, we'll get into the names later, but I'll throw the name out now uh, in Dmitry Kulikov on the Anaheim Ducks. I think he'd be a very good option for all New York Islanders to replace the uh, lesser Sebastian Ajo. But I'm happy so far. We've made two big trades. Well, I wouldn't call the Angval trade a big trade, but we've made two 
key trades, I'd say, in getting Bo Horvat, who had a very good game again today, probably could add a goal or two. Happens. The PDO, oh no, oh man. But uh, an Engvall, who will be debuting uh, Saturday, is our next game against Detroit. Big game, 12 30. Yeah, Detroit's kind of in free fall right now. Lost two to the Ottawa Senators. I don't know. If, I don't think they play again before that game. But if they do, we're lucky. Um, I'll pull that up quick. But yeah, Pajot is also on track to be back for Saturday. They do. They play on Thursday at home against the Kraken. So they're gonna have a travel day and then play Long Island at noon. This is the game where earlier in the season we had to fly to Detroit midday, or um, you know, with one day to spare and play them at noon. So hopefully we can capitalize on Saturday. But next couple days we're just gonna kick back do some scoreboard watching but the islanders for as much as they've controlled their own fate the past week they did exceptional without matt barzal and it got them to the deadline yeah i remember that um that game they had to do warm-ups in a completely other building too so that, that had to be tough for them and that's probably why we're one of the factors why they lost that game and that was uh, a long time ago um in terms of the angball trade i love it uh, six five. I know every Leaf fan on the planet saying he doesn't use his size, um, and it's frustrating to watch him. But he's a good player. He's a good bottom six player. He four checks. He's a fast um, winger, and not only that, he can play all three positions. He can play left wing, right wing, and center. So he's versatile. He's a UFA at the end of the year. So if he does make a good impression for Lou, I'm sure um, they would bring him back. So I love the move. Um, the Islanders have about five point seven million left, or five point two million left in deadline cap space. So I do not expect um, this will be the last Islander acquisition uh, for now. Hopefully. Uh, you never know. It could also just not happen. Yep, sounds good. So uh, basically the Islanders now kind of are up to, uh, let me just check the standings quick, the good old standing standings 64 games played 70 points uh pittsburgh's on pace to catch up to us um they're at 69 points with 60 games washington keeps falling further out of the race 64 points on uh, 62 games looking at the atlantic really quick the panthers could technically catch us on pace if they win the next two um, so that's going to be a little bit of scoreboard watching we'll have to do this week. Ottawa's moved in front of Detroit, so that's really big. Um, you know, those teams are going to be kind of duking it out there, but we control our destiny a little bit over Detroit. Um, we'll see how the Ottawa Sens go. They're finally above 500 or above zero in points percentage. AJ might take a little victory lap there. I know he's been high on them all year. But uh, Buffalo is the team to watch out for. These guys are kind of scary. Like, they put up seven on the Caps on Sunday, beat the Lightning 6-5, beat the Panthers 3-1 last Last week, uh, but they're going into the gauntlet of their own. So the Sabres gauntlet, this is pretty insane. So for the month of March, the Sabres play the Bruins, the Lightning, the Oilers, the Islanders, the Stars, the Rangers, the Leafs, the Capitals, the Flyers, the Bruins. And that's all within like a month. And then if you keep going, they play the Preds, the Devils, us. It's going to be a pretty tough stretch for the Canadians before they play, play another team, or the Sabres here, before they play another team below 500. So, you know, if you're uh, like me, who expected the Buffalo Sabres to put up a 10 spot tonight on the Blue Jackets, tonight was huge because tonight was really the last bad team they're going to play for a couple weeks. Yeah, spot on. The race is definitely on. And. We don't really control our own destiny, but at the same time, just keep winning, baby, and only good things can happen if you keep winning hockey games, you know? You can't, you can fall further back, but if you win, all these teams aren't going to win every game, and we have to play these teams as well. Don't forget, we have to play, we're playing uh, Buffalo Tuesday, we're playing Detroit Saturday, 
let's knock these teams out. Get some big wins wins here. Yep. Uh, we have 18 games left. If we win about 12 of those games and probably, you know, 12 would be the bare minimum where I think, okay, you can make it on um, 94 points, that would be. You know, so that would be that would be pretty good if they're able to win 12 of the last 18. If they win 11 of the last 18, then we're probably playing with some loser points there. Uh, but, you know, just getting in, the race is so tight. You just have to stay ahead, hope other teams fall off. I know Buffalo, Detroit, and um, Pet- Pittsburgh have not made their move yet at the deadline. Pittsburgh, a lot of rumors are going on that they'll get JT Miller or Brock Besser um, at the moment. Colton Pareko has been thrown out, but it- it's going to be an interesting deadline for them. And also us, we still have $5 million in cap space to play with. So if we can have some fun here, I, I really feel like we could do something special and you know, pull one of those. I think it was 07 where we got it down to the last day and we made the playoffs. I think it's going to be one of those scenarios where we're not going to be in the clear till the last weekend. But at the moment, I really like our odds. Yeah, next week's definitely a big week for us. Obviously, the Red Wings on Saturday, then the Sabres on Tuesday, then the Penguins on Thursday, and then at home against the Capitals on Saturday. So next week's definitely a pretty big one. Sticking with the playoff watching talk, Thursday's a very big day. Buffalo plays Boston. Florida plays Nashville. The Rangers play the Senators. We're obviously worried about the Senators. They're not the Rangers. The Penguins play Tampa. And the Wings play the Kraken. That's a really big day for us. Yeah, a really big day for us on Thursday. Um, you know, we're going to have to root for some of our enemies here. We're going to have to have root for Tampa, root for the Rangers. Um, you know, maybe Barry Trotz's Predators can pull us a solid and root for the Kraken. but And the Bruins, I guess. I don't really feel good about room for them this year uh, with everything that's gone on over there. But, like, besides that, feel pretty good. I mean, if, if everyone drops and some of those teams are going to decide they're sellers between now and Thursday, um, you know, maybe Detroit will rest some guys in case of trades coming. Maybe Ottawa will as well. We really don't know where they'll have guys in flight to be traded if they're adding. So it could be a really good, um, you know, really big 24 hours. I'm not really worried about the Caps at this point. They made a weird trade today. We'll get into it later. Um, I've got all the trades up on the side. We can do that after we do Islanders trade deadline talk. But feeling good, like our team, like our chances. Um, and let's let's race. Let's have a race here. Jake, how are you feeling? Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. Obviously, it would have been nice to get that second point, as we talked about. But uh, Thursday is going to be a big day. Um, you know, let's hope the uh, team that needs to win uh, help us out and win, and then hopefully we can uh, get two points in regulation on Saturday. Yep, let's hop on the trade talk. So today, Lou Lamorello basically cemented we're not selling all of the talk we've done the past couple months about Scott Mayfield being traded, uh, Semyon Varlama being traded. We're not going to spend too much time on that here because I think tonight and the last couple of games have pretty much cemented that we're rocking with this group. We're only looking at... Um, so we've made a list of trade targets we're going to run through. Really, the last time we're going to go over acquisition targets until the end of the season. So let's burn it all out here. I know this is one of those hallmarks of Skates at the Stakes, talking about guys on other teams and how they look in blue and orange. Uh, so to start us off here, Jacob Chikrin, the big name on the market. Every single trade has fallen through at this point. This morning, apparently, something was done between them and Edmonton. Uh, that got pulled off the table as Edmonton trade for Matthias Ekholm. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, and then they were supposed to get, he was supposed to get traded to the Los Angeles Kings, which now David Pagnotta first reported it, but now Darren Drager, who's uh, I call him a B-minus insider compared to David Pagnotta's F-minus-minus-minus. Minus, minus. Um, 
he's also confirming that. So it's it's going to be interesting. Uh, looks like Kikrin might be hung out to dry and stuck to hang around on the market until the summer. So I'm going to have to do the song and dance for the fifth straight window. Incredible from the Coyotes to be this lazy. Uh, but AJ, how do you feel at the moment about Jacob Kikrin, how he look in orange and blue? What are you thinking, fella? I do not want to see Sebastian Ajo play another game of the New York Islanders, so I'm all for it. Now, everyone would want Jacob Chicken on their hockey team. No shit. Do we have the assets to get him? Debatably. I'm more than comfortable trading away a 2024 or 23, whatever pick you want to give him, whatever first-time pick you want to give him, I'm fine giving them one of them. I'd rather not dive into 25 unless we have to. I don't want to give up two first-round picks, so give up one first-round pick. We really don't know what Oliver Walsham's value is at this point. I think it's still pretty high, though. I'm not saying he's a first-round value, but I think he's a near first-round value, round more second, you know, second-round pick value. With some of these guys being traded for stupid stuff right now, RFA too, good hockey player, and he's out for the year, so it helps their tank for Bedard. Give him a second-round pick alongside the first in Walsham, and give him do four. That's probably our best package we can give. All right, I like that package. Uh, my kind of let me cook package. Um, I'm not going to go into trade Dobson here. I think that package makes sense. A first in Dobson for Chikrin. I'm not going to go as them uh, for my main package here. My package, my idea here is you trade Semyon Varlamov to the Los Angeles Kings for a first round pick. And then you go back to Arizona and you go two first round picks. You go William Dufour, Oliver Wallstrom for Vegmelka and Chikrin. And you say, how, how does that sound? And if they take it, they take it. If not, you're fine. Uh, you don't complete the Varley trade unless they discuss it. I mean, this might be old hat by the time we're done with that. But I, I think that would be pretty interesting if we could do something like that. It's the year of two-for-ones there. Uh, what do you think of that, AJ? I feel like that's great, but that's too NBA-like for Lou to be you know, playing four or even five D chess here. Everyone... You know, everyone agrees that basically that would be the most ideal move is trading Varlamov for, you know, the highest asking price out there, taking that asset and then flipping it for an incredibly talented elite defenseman alongside what we have. I just don't see that happening because it's just not very Lou-like. Makes sense. Jake, I know you're a pseudo-Arizona sports fan. How are you feeling about Jacob Chikrin? Yeah, obviously we know which is, it's been reported for a while now, the value for Jacob Chikrin is astronomically high. Um, so it would take a lot from the Islanders to make him an Islander. But if you're looking at the player and you're looking at specifically the contract, he is uh, making 4.6 for the next three years. So if you're getting Jacob Chikrin and you have him on a great contract for the next three years, uh, you wouldn't see Sebastian Ajo. And just as a whole, Jacob Chikrin's a great player. Um, that being said, um, if... I really liked what um, Aja said, his package. Um, I'm perfectly okay with training Oliver Wallstrom. Uh, I noticed he recently switched agents, not that that matters, but um, giving up him and giving him Dufour, perfectly fine with that. Obviously, a few picks in there as well. If that gets it done, I mean, obviously you do that, but I think it would uh, take a little bit more than that. But, it, you know, Lou could be thinking about that. Lou could be fine with giving up what he needs to give up to make Chicker and an Islander, but we'll have to see.
Yep, sounds good. I mean, obviously, we'd all love it if we, you know, we'd probably do an emergency pod for Chikrin. Let's let's keep it a buck here. Uh, but yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting. Whatever happens to him, I don't think he moves at the deadline. But why not us, Russell Westbrook folks? Um, next up on our list, I think this is gonna be a quickie. Dylan Larkin, great hockey player, doesn't fit the Islanders' needs. I don't think they're selling anyone. Have anything to say here on Dylan Larkin? Quick. It doesn't make too much sense, but if you can get him for a decent price, you do it, but it's just not going to happen, so I don't really care to get too into it. Yep, sounds about right. Next up is Tyler Bertuzzi. Uh, So Tyler Bertuzzi uh, is, you know, he has scored a pretty good goal last uh, game. He's having a bad week. I think he got injured tonight. Apparently he's had, you know, broken bones all season. His hands aren't working right. Uh, Could get a nice payday in the summer, but I don't know about this year. He's a distressed asset who needs a contract. Uh, I think this would be an okay fit on the Islanders as like a middle, you know, middle six guy, even a first liner. Uh, Pretty good hockey player. Would you guys want Tyler Bertuzzi right now? I mean, I like the player. I like the edge he brings to the game. We don't know if the vaccination thing would still be an issue with Lou or the Islander organization. So that's up in the air. And he hasn't been particularly good this year. He's been injured a lot. He only has four goals. I still rate him pretty highly as a player. I would take him. But for a playoff push, I don't know if it makes sense to give up all big assets for a guy who's one a UFA, two possibly even injured now, and three hasn't been great all year. But if you can get him for cheap, and I don't even know what cheap would be for him, because I know they're asking for a pretty decent package, I'd consider it. Yeah, sounds about right. I mean, you know, if it's a, if it costs our second round pick and maybe do four, I'd, I'd think about doing it, and he wants to take like five or six million. Um, in the summer, it's probably saying goodbye to Mayfield, but he's a damn good hockey player and he fits the Islanders' culture to a T. Uh, Jake, any Bertuzzi thoughts before we move on to the next guy? Yeah, I would definitely consider it. Um, obviously, he is unvaccinated. If um, I still believe that Lou's policies about that still hold firm to um, today, so I don't know. I don't think that would happen. But he's a good player when he's healthy. Um, obviously, only 14 points in 29 games this year. But uh, when he's healthy, fully healthy, he's a very good player. I like the fit. Um, I just don't think Lou uh, personally would do that just because of the policies he has in place. Yeah, that tracks. Um, I don't really see us getting him. Uh, next up, Matt Dumba. I know AJ likes this guy a lot. I like Dumba too. Uh, right shot. You know, we're so deep down the right side right now that I don't think it makes too, too much sense. But definitely an interesting piece. Uh, AJ, why don't you cook a little bit on Dumba here? Uh, so my entire thing was to get Jordan Greenway and Matt Dumba. I love Jordan Greenway as a player. He hasn't been good this year, but I still rate him pretty highly too. Instead, they got Pierre Engvall. More than happy about that. Not complaining one bit about having Pierre Engvall with the New York Islanders. So it was kind of like, oh, maybe we can get, you know, the two for one thing that Ryan was saying before that a lot of teams are doing. Like the Orlov Hathaway, you get Greenway and Dumba. I know Dumba's a righty, but this team has proven before they don't really care about handness. They played guys offhand together. They played righties with righties before and lefties with lefties. And it would mean no Sebastian Ajo. Now, Bill Guerin said that it would have to take a pretty strong offer for them to even consider Matt Dumba, who's playing his best hockey, 
Do we know if he's lying to the media or being honest? No, and we'll never know. So that's kind of everything I have to say about Matt Dumba. I want him, but I don't think it would be worth the price as well now that like Greenway wouldn't be involved. Yeah, we can knock out Greenway here too because the kind of Engvall trade put that to bed. I like Greenway a lot. I've loved him his whole NHL career. I think he's a perfect Islander if they could get him. Dumba, I'm a little like, you know, he's an improvement on Mayfield, but then someone has to play their offhand. I really don't like playing guys on their offhand unless you know they like playing it that way. It'd be interesting. Still have some interest around Greenway if he's to be had, but Dumba, you know, it's just kind of the handedness thing, and we're so good on the right side that I don't think we need to move him unless we're moving one of those guys out, but you know, he's also a pending free agent in the summer, so say we lose Scotty and we can sign Matt Dumba and we can have him for free. So who knows? Um, anything to say there on those two wild guys? Quick kick. Yeah, and I'm going to talk about uh, last episode about Greenway. I would have loved Greenway. I just don't see it happening now, obviously. Like I just said, we got Pierre Engvall. Would have been nice to get Dumba as well in a package of them. Has been as good this year, obviously, as he is aging. Um, his contract's up at the end of the year, a $6 million contract. Don't see it happening. I think uh, they'll go a route of a different defenseman to replace Sebastian Ajo. So when he plays left defense, I know the Islanders really don't care um, about handing this as much as other teams, but still, he does play right defense. I just don't see um, them getting either of them now. Sounds good. Next up is Max Domi. So Max Domi is in his age 27 season on Chicago. How the time flies. He's been in the NHL for like 10 years now. It's insane. Uh, but yeah, so Max Domi, and he's only 27. Uh, Max Domi's on track for 25 goals this year, around 70 points. He has 49 points in 59 games. Pretty good hockey player on a bad team. I think he would slot right into our top six. Seems like a pretty easy move if he's available and we can get him for a second. Um, I would kind of like to do this at this point. I know Domi does have some questionable politics, and I don't think Lou would bring those in to the room. But again, it's it's just kind of one of those things. He hasn't done anything criminal, so I'm not going to damn him to hell. He's apologized for some stuff. I, I think if he could make the difference, like it might be worth it. I know Chicago's dog shit and those points might not mean a thing. His analytics aren't great. But, hey, we'll see. Apparently he was a locker room killer in uh, Columbus, too, which made them move on from him. But interesting player. We'll see if it happens. I think if he could be had for a second, you might just want to go for it here because more points, more goals, you know, better hockey. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. AJ, what do you think about Domi? I look at Domi the same way I look at Bertuzzi. Whenever he's on the ice, he's getting players mad, he's getting in people's faces, and he's causing chaos. The Islanders need that kind of player. They needed that player badly last year to, you know, light a spark in their ass sometimes and get them going. They don't need it as much this year, but you could still use a good player like Max Domi. He was on pace with 70 points right now. How could you not take that? I understand there's some bad, um, he had some off-ice issues, but... Do we want to try to win a Stanley Cup here, or are we going to shame everyone in a league that's known to not have the best personalities? Yep. I mean, ethically, I don't know how I'd feel about if he becomes an Islander. As a hockey player, he's a damn good player if he says the right things to the media. And, I mean, he has made, like, apologies in the past. So, see how it goes. Interesting to see. Jake, anything on Domi before we move on to kind of uh, the more defensive guys here? No doubt having a really good season. Like I said, obviously on pace for 70 points. Been really heating it up past few weeks. Um, Islanders could use someone like Max Domi. Could have happened. Uh, maybe 
they need one more forward. He can maybe play first line, but I know Ian Horvat have been cooking lately, so we might realize they don't really need that. But certainly um, a good player this year. Maybe they'll acquire him, but um, could be someone the Islanders need. So maybe Lou realizes that, and they'll make the, uh, he'll make that trade uh, before the end of the week. Yep, sounds good. Uh, next up on our list here, Shane Goss's bear. So it's basically Sebastian Ajo without the flaw uh, falls. An all gas, no breaks defenseman, twenty nine years old. We could fit him under the cap. Kind of seems like a no brainer here. I mean, like I, I really like Ghosty. He's not good defensively. You have to accept that. But like, if we're doing this where we're putting Dobbs in with the guy just to generate offense, I think he's a better bet than Aho at the moment. Um, we we kind of said Sayonara to Aho if he's not on the team after the deadline, no one's gonna complain. And hey, someone might even take a shot on Aho as the return in the trade here. Maybe Arizona does. But you know, Aho in a second for Goss's bear seems cake if he can be had. Um, he's also an expiring contract worth kind of taking a look at and seeing what he can do here on the island. Um, killed us with Philly for a couple of years there. He was he was awesome when he first broke out in Philly. He had like 65 points in 78 games. Just a wicked player who's kind of gotten his game back in Arizona. So I definitely take a shot on him if he's available. Yeah, like you said, Ghost is just better Sebastian Ajo. So it's funny. I would take him, but I don't want to really overpay for him. I think he would help us on the power play too, obviously, but I'm not head over heels for him. If we get him, I'm very happy, but we're not running an emergency podcast right away, and I'm not like running around the neighborhood if we get Shane Gossespear. I'll be happy, but I'm not going to go berserk, you know? Yeah, I feel you there, brother. Uh, Jake, how you feel about Ghosty Bubba? Definitely a better Sebastian Ajo. It would take him out of the lineup. A uh, guy who could put up points, no doubt. Uh, I believe he, he had 51 last year. He's got 30 and 51 this year. Horrible defensively. We know that. But the guy could get up points. He's good in the power play. And, again, not Sebastian Ajo. So I would do this, but I would be careful of what I'd be giving up. Arizona's actually so much similar to what they're doing with Bejnelka and Chikrin. Um I would stay away and kind of pivot somewhere else. But if the value's right and that the fit is right, I, I would totally do this. Same here, same here. I think if it's like a second Naho, you kind of should do it. Uh, next up, this is an AJ pick, so I'm going to kick it over to him. I'm not really – I haven't thought about this guy since the summer, Dmitry Kulikov. Uh, pretty good lockdown defenseman on a bad team right now in Anaheim, but I, I think he would kind of move the needle as Dobson's tea partner, but I'll let AJ cook here. Yeah, you literally said it perfectly in my opinion. He could be Dobson's tea partner. Let him cook, let him help Dobber, let him help the team. Another shutdown defense and never hurt anybody. I'll take it. It definitely won't be that expensive either, so I'm down for it. Sounds good. In the interest of time here, we're just going to get one-off takes. Uh, we still have a bunch of guys on our list that we're going to get to quick. Uh, but hopping on next, Jake, Patrick Line. what do you think of Line at the moment? I know he just signed a big ticket, but he might be on the deadline because Columbus, you know, they don't seem anywhere near close to winning. Yeah, very interesting name, Patrick Laine. Um, obviously on the Columbus Blue Jackets, has a big contract. But no doubt the guy can score uh, if you were to require him and take on that contract. You can get another score next to Matt Barzell or even on a different line, but he would probably play that first line. No idea what it would cost. Haven't, also really haven't heard his name a lot. But if he is available, I could see Blue um, kind of inquiring if he's available or not. And it shouldn't cost a lot just because of that big contract. Um Don't see us doing it, but uh, definitely would be an intriguing ad. 
yeah, probably take a big cost to get Line A out of there. But, you know, we've wanted him for so long, it might happen. All right, next up, AJ, what do you think of Kevin Hayes of the Philadelphia Flyers? I like Kevin Hayes. I've always liked Kevin Hayes after the Rangers. I mean, you know, all, everything that happened with him and his family, it's not hard to root for the guy now, now that he's not wearing red and blue. I would take him, especially at a discounted price with the cap going up. He, he could be a very good contract, and he could be an Islander for a long time. Definitely wouldn't complain if we got him at a discounted price. Yep, the time to buy on Hayes is right now. Um, if ever, I mean, he's kind of a depressed asset, and Philly announced this afternoon they're selling. But to keep in the Philly vein, Jake, what do you think of James Van Riemsdyk, also of the Philadelphia Flyers? Another very intriguing option. I know his uh, big contract expires um, this year, but very good winger. Um, he would play probably in our middle six. Um, maybe who's interested in him? Um, so we'll have to see, but he's a good player, and he'll expire this year. Probably a rental. Uh, we'd have to see on that front, but a good player. And if he fits under our cap, uh, it might be a little tricky considering how much we have left, but uh, it would be a good add uh, skill alone. Yep. Um, so next up, AJ Jack Roslevic. It's kind of funny how I got Roslevic. I highly rated this guy for a while now. I was waiting for him to break out from Winnipeg the longest time, and I thought Columbus was going to be the spot where he would. So far, he hasn't. He's had a few highlight reel goals. He's a flashy player, but he hasn't been consistent. Very similar to, he's like a flashy Anthony Bovillier. I'll pass. Yeah, the tracks. I like Russell Vick. He had a very good game tonight. Uh, Jake, Adam Henrique of the Anaheim Ducks. We'll love Adam Henrique. Uh, he's been on my number one for uh, a few weeks now since the Tarasenko trade. No, he's injured right now. Don't know for how long, but um, can play wing and center. He's been pretty solid this year for the Ducks. Uh, fits the loo mode of being a former devil. I would totally do this depending on what his injury really is. Uh, wouldn't cost too much. And I think he, you would have him for another year. I it is, Pretty sure it expires next year. I'd have to look into that. But love the player and would love Adam Henrique in the blue and orange. Hell yeah, brother. Gotta love the Henrique dog and, you know, some ghosts of playoffs past. Uh, next up to AJ, Kevin Shattenkirk of the Anaheim Ducks. Depending his price, you can consider it. But just get the other guy. Just get Kulikov. Get his teammate. Yep, he's another righty. Don't need that. Uh, next up, one for each of you. Uh, Jake, I'll throw it to you first. Brock Baser of the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, let's get uh, let's get Bo's teammate in here. The original American sniper. If you've been a follower of my Twitter for a long time, you know that. Um, having a bit of a down year, we all know that. Um, seems to be on his way out, maybe to Pittsburgh, but... Um, you know, was, again, like I've said many times, I was familiar with talking to Patrick Alvin. Maybe make it happen. You can uh, maybe change the scenery. Similar to Anthony Bovillier could help uh, Brock Besser and one of my favorite players. So I would be happy. Um, but again, have to see if the cap works because I think he makes more than five and a half. But we'd have to see on that front. But yeah, I would love Brock Besser. Sounds good. I'm going to take the next one really quick. JT Miller, Vancouver Canucks. Uh, so JT Miller is close to a point-per-game player. I spent a lot of time earlier in the year on this podcast advocating for us to get this guy. Um, I think it's really just going to be a vibe check for Bo. Um, I think Bo Horvat is going to basically tell us if we need him, you know? 
Like, I think Bo will basically make the decision if we need JT Miller and if he's really a locker room cancer. Uh, he's a good offensive player, a bad defensive player. We all we all know that. So we'll see how it goes. Um, I think he's going to Pittsburgh no matter what. So we'll, we'll see where it goes there. Um, AJ, next up to you, Andreas Athanasiu of the Chicago Blackhawks. Similar to my Shattenkirk take, I would just rather get Domi. He's had a good year and he's always been a skilled player. He's um, kind of always been similar in my head to Josh Hosang. Very talented player that just hasn't been able to put it all together. But he's actually was given, you know, opportunities to play. Uh, no, we haven't heard that name Josh Hosang on this podcast in a while. But I do feel like Athanasi is a guy that is very skilled. But something's always kind of weird about him. Like, why has he never stuck anywhere? He's very talented. The production hasn't always been there, but he's been very good this year, so I'd consider it, but it's a little bit weary. Yep, my assessment of the player pretty much mirrors that. It's very weird how we can't find uh, one place to stay, even though teams keep giving up assets for him every year. Uh, next up to Jake, another Arizona Coyote, Nick Bukestad. How you feeling about Nick Bukestad, buddy? Yeah, I mean, Nick Bukestad's had a pretty good year out there in Arizona, and if you do get him... Um, regardless of, um, of how Lane sees this, you can move Casey to wing and uh, you can have Nick Bukes as your fourth line center when everyone's healthy. And like I said, having a very good year. He's a solid player, 33 years old, probably be a pure rental. But um, if you want to really see Casey Zekas as a better winger, bring him in when it costs a lot. I know he got scratched today, so he likely is going to be on the move. So I would like Nick Bukes that, yes. I, I could see that move being good. I saw a couple of Islanders people talking about that uh, that might be in the know. So keep an eye on that one. Um, AJ, next up, San Jose Sharks, Alexander Barabanov. I've always looked at Barabanov as an interesting player. Last year, he was very good, and I've known him because, you know, fancy hockey stuff. He had 39 points in 70 games, and this year he has 33 points already. In or excuse me, he has 37 points in 55 games already. He's been awesome. I don't know if they're going to trade him though. I haven't heard his name talked about at all. He's a very good player, very good player to stretch, but he's a very solid player. He can help us out. I was impressed when I watched him in person when he played us beginning of the year. He scored a goal and he's just a good player all around, in my opinion. Doesn't really get the praise or attention he probably deserves. He is playing San Jose to be fair, but I wouldn't mind him. Good takes as usual, AJ. I like Baron Abanov as well. I think that'd be a pretty good pickup. Um, next up to Jacob. Jacob, who we got for you? Oh, this is a weird one. Wonder who is throwing this one out there. Matt Duchesne. How are you feeling about Matt Duchesne here, buddy? Yeah, a name that's just been thrown around in the Islanders half for years and years and years. Um, obviously, that uh, saga with the Avs, and then he got traded to the Senators, and now he's uh, part of the Predators. I'm going to go with now, though. Uh, he is under contract for a few years and probably costs a lot. I think he's having a decent year, um, but I, I would have to pass on Matt Duchesne, and I'm sure we'll be talking about him in the next four years in this podcast if he would be an Islander because we can never escape Matt Duchesne. That's right. Um, yeah, Duchesne, basically, if Bailey isn't going outward there, um, don't even want to begin that discussion. But, hey, maybe Barry Trotz in Nashville wants Bailey back and they can match the contracts. And, yay, but it's way too long term. And he wouldn't really help us here. He just had a shooting bender last year. Um, next up, AJ, your favorite player in the National Hockey League, St. Louis Blues' very own Nick Letty. The funny part about this is I actually put Nick Letty on this list. 
for us to get Nick Luddy, they would have the St. Louis Blues would have to take some of his cap back. He's making four million dollars for the next four years, I believe. Honestly, I would take Nick Luddy back at this point. He's better than Aho. Give me Nick Letty and Mayfield again. They were good in the playoffs two years ago. I'm fine with it. Run it back. Get him back for cheap. Let him take some cap back. Do they really want Nick Letty around? I don't know. But I think Nick Letty actually is a pretty decent option at this point. He's not your typical shutdown defenseman, obviously, as we know. But if you want a guy that can move the puck and we know has chemistry with the guys and can play the power play a little bit, because his last year he was very good on the Islanders' second unit, I wouldn't say no to Nick Letty, honestly. Yeah, I mean, maybe some of his stuff is still here. Who knows? Maybe he has, like, a condo leased out or something. He'd be able to move back here quick. I wouldn't hate it. I mean, it would force, you know, Dobson to have to play with Pelek, obviously. And then, you know, you put Romanov with Pulak. They've been pretty good recently. I wouldn't hate it. I think that would be fine. Uh, completely fine. It's just he has a lot of term left three years after this. That I don't really want much of a part of as Nick Letty starts to lose his legs here. Uh, next up to Jake, Jacob Verona. So the Jacob Verona saga in Detroit. Very sensitive topic here. He did miss some time this season as he went to the player assistance program. Uh, but a lot of people rated this guy very highly. He's starting to get his feet back under him, under him playing some NHL minutes recently. What do you think of Verona at the moment i know we could have had him for free a couple months ago but now it seems like detroit just wants to dump him on someone yeah um i hope he's okay obviously it's been a couple a uh, couple of rough months for him only has four NHL games he has 18 in the ahl and he was uh missing for a few months but uh, for the player alone i've uh, been a big fan of yaka verona for a few years um lynn lambert is familiar with yaka verona so uh could be a player that will acquires love his game uh, expires at the end of next year, I believe. Um, yeah, and next year, I think it's $5.3 million contract expires next year, so you could have him for next year, too, kind of get him situated and full go next year. Um, and it seems like it wouldn't cost a lot to get him, so could see him as a low-risk, high-reward option, and uh, we'd have to see how that goes, but I would appreciate Jakob Rana's now. Yep, I'm going to take a quick name here that I missed earlier, but Joel Edmondson on Montreal, left-hand defenseman, fits what we need. Um, you know, I think he's a better player than Kulikov. I honestly would go with Joel Edmondson. If he can be had for free, uh, decent player. You know, good lockdown D-man. He's been injured most of this season, but we really only need him for the playoff run. Apparently, he's healthy enough to go after the deadline. So, could slot right in, fix the Ajo issue for, you know, a fourth or a fifth. Like, you know, why not just do it? They would eat our cap space. I don't, I don't think it's a terrible idea. Uh, next up to AJ, the final name on our list, uh, Anthony Duclair. I don't think they're going to trade Anthony Duclair, nor do I think it makes the most sense. Good player, but he's coming off a very major injury. He did score a gold tonight. I think it was an empty netter, though, so sure. Uh, if he's cheap, I wouldn't say no. He's not going to be cheap. They really didn't want to get rid of him. I think he probably could have played a, a few weeks earlier, but they are waiting for something to happen, and they got two, I guess, unfortunate breaks. One with Patrick Hornquist going on LTIR, so they were able to free cap to bring Duclair back. But then very recently and very unfortunately, the Spencer Knight news broke, and us as a podcast are hoping all is well with Spencer Knight. Yeah, um, thoughts and prayers to Spencer Knight. Hope he's good. Uh, the thing about Florida is they've kind of drained all their draft assets the past couple of years. Um, 
I think it's too late now, but I think there was a window for them to, you know, maybe trade Reinhardt, trade Duclair, get some of those draft capital, some of that draft capital back and first round picks just to restock their farm system so they're ready to go later in the run. But hey, they really needed to have Claude Giroux and Ben Chirot. Uh So we'll see how that goes. They don't even have their first this year. It's Montreal. So they're going to maybe make a push, but they don't really have anything to buy with. So it's it's a difficult corner they painted themselves to in right now. AJ's talked about a lot throughout the year. You don't want to be them. You want to be more like us where we're keeping our second rounders. We're keeping guys kind of in the pipeline who might become something. And they, they keep, you know, impress, impressing a little bit more than you would think. Uh, that pretty much wraps up our trade targets. I would throw out, you know, Reinhardt as well if he's on the market. Definitely something to think about. But no one else really. We covered everyone. The list is very barren. These were deep dive names. Most of the trades made have already been made, but we'll be on our couch this Friday watching that TSN, that sweet, sweet TSN deadline coverage, telling us why, um, you know, Vladislav uh, Gabrikov is the next Bobby Orr or whatever. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's about it on trade targets. Um, you guys have anything else on the trade deadline or are we good to hop into the Q&A? We could hop into the Q&A. I think I'm good to go. Maybe do we want to do one prediction where one, like you just, we'll say one guy is going to go here. We yep, do that. sounds good. You take it first. I'm dropping a YouTube video tomorrow on every trade deadline day, you know, the best deals of the trade deadline day. So I'm going to say the best day trade deadline day trade will be Jacob Chikrin to the Kings. They'll finally figure it out, and he will go to L.A., and he can play hockey again. I like Chikrin. If he goes to the Kings, I'm very happy about that. They're a fun team. They're, you know, a team I could root for after uh, Drew Doughty was uh, viciously spit at the other day by K. Andre Miller. That's a good pick. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see if Keandre learns his lesson, but he, he's a classy guy. We'll see how he recovers from that. It was, it was a gross moment, though. Um, my big prediction is I'm going to go with the inside, what the insiders are kind of saying right now, but I think it's going to be a big game changer. I think the Kings are going to get Corpus Allo, um and Gabrikov. I think the price is going to surprise some people, but the Kings don't have a great defense. They don't have good goaltending. It wouldn't surprise me if they go back and do Chikrin and Vegmelka, but I think the most kind of realistic option here is Corpus Allo has been one of the best goalies in the league since December. You could go look at uh, the Rangers guy, the guy on their broadcast. I, I forget his name, Stephen, whatever. Steve Valakat. Uh, Valakat, yeah. His stuff all says that, um, you know, that Corpus Allo is back and he's ready to go. And I think he belongs on a playoff team. So let's say the Kings do that for maybe like a first round pick. And then they have so many assets, but I don't think it'll be one of the big ones. Maybe like a Turcotte, if anything. But, you know, we'll see how it goes. Jake, big trade deadline prediction. This might be bold, but I uh, saw a conversation on Twitter about it. I think the Leafs are not done, and they go out and get Corpus Allo to um, pair with Ilya Samsonov. Um, Dubis is clearly going all out. He does not care. His contract expires at the end of the year. Um, so he's just giving up everything for uh, when he's gone. So I, I do think they're going to go out, and they're going to get Corpus Allo as well. Yeah, sounds good. And on that, anything else before we move into the Q&A on the trades made today? Like the trade deadline, it feels like it's happening every day now. Like there were so many trades made today between like 6 or 4 p.m. and like 6 p.m. 
pretty pretty crazy stuff. If anyone, like, do you have anything to say? I'll say something quick. I think the Oilers killed in the at-home deal. I think that's really good business for them. I think, you know, the back end of the contract isn't great. But it's the kind of player that's in place to help their defense, to allow less goals. And they got rid of Tyson Berry, who's really good on the power play. But, like, I'm not really, you know, you can miss him when you have Leon Dreisaitl and uh, Connor McDavid on your power play. You can turn, you know, maybe it's... Um, the guy you got picked around Dobson, I'm forgetting his name off the top of my head. Uh, not Broberg. What's his name? Bouchard. Bouchard, yeah. You could turn him into like a Tyson Berry type guy. See how it goes. Interesting there. Um, and I think Ekholm is, you know, their best defense defender by like a long shot. Um, so we'll see how that goes. AJ, any trades today you want to highlight quick? Get I, a think, take on? I think Kyle Dubas took an absolute massive W today. Yes, I know Rasmus Sandin's a very good player, but he got a first-round pick, and he got Eric Gustafson for him, who's been awesome for the Capitals this year. He got a third-round pick for Engvall today, and then he got Luke Shen with a third-round pick. So he's making trades left and right. He's doing whatever he can to make the, you know, our rival Maple Leafs into a potential contender. Not that they're not a contender to begin with, but an actual playoff threat. I'm liking the moves that they're making so far. They got Jake McCabe now. They got Lafferty. They got O'Reilly. They got Nolachari. And now they got um, uh, Eric Gustafson. And they got a first-round pick. I'm liking what he did. He had a really good day. He's had a really good week. Here, I'll throw this back to you because this is something I thought about this afternoon. So he's basically added six players to their roster and subtracted... Two NHL roster players now in Engvall and um, Sandin. Yeah. So, how would you think that affects like locker room chemistry going into the playoffs? I guess they're a little more hungry. The country club gets broken up a bit, but that's six new guys who have to acclimate to playing in Toronto in like five weeks before they go into pretty much a legacy series now against Tampa. And it's the same Tampa group that just adds one guy every year and loses a guy when the time's right. Like, I think, I think that's kind of like a weird dynamic. If anything, like I've never seen a team be like, it's a good way to be. Obviously if you're doing like a Madden or an NHL franchise mode, you're adding six guys out in the deadline, throwing them in. But from a human element, that's a lot of human capital to add to a locker room in a very short time. It is, but They've, you know, they've made moves. They got guys like David Savard. They got the Nick Foligno's of the world. They got the Jake Muzzins. And it didn't work out. So why not add six guys and maybe now it'll work out. I get what you're saying, but at this point, Dubas' job is on the line. He's doing whatever he can to hold it. And he's doing a good job, in my opinion. Now, I, the other thing I want to say with the uh, Sandine trade is it was Sandine for a first-round pick and Eric Gustafson. I was very surprised that they didn't get Jacob Chikrin. I'm not going to lie to you. I thought they could have done two first-round picks, Connor McMichael and maybe a little bit more, and possibly got the big fish in Jacob Chikrin and really, I wouldn't say boosted their chances of making the playoffs because I don't think they're making it at all. But you're giving Ovi another incredibly talented offensive piece to help him get to that record while also making your team better and getting a good piece. Yeah, spot on. I think Sandin's interest. I think it's an interesting trade. Like you don't see many teams like sell while buying, but hey, that's it was a video game trade and it was fun. Uh, Jake, any trades today you want to highlight before we hop on to the Q and A? Um, did not happen today. I know you you asked about today, but whether this was Barry Trotz or not, getting a first, a second, a third, a fourth, a fifth, and Cal Foot for Tanner Janot 
it's just good business, uh, no matter how you break it down. I know we didn't report on this because last time we recorded, we talked about how we could get Tanner Janelle. Um, and then, obviously, we stopped recording and the trade happened. Just a crazy trade. Obviously, Tampa sees something, and he'll probably be fucking unreal with Tampa because it is Tampa at the end of the day. But that is that is a huge trade. Whether that's Barry or David, um, good business all around. Um, and just, I know AJ highlighted this as well, uh, Dubas getting a third-round pick for Engvall, which obviously was a good trade for us too, and, but then immediately flipping a, a different third to get Luke Shen. Um, to just getting the third back. Just good business by them, too. Um, he really just had an unreal day, and even yesterday, by getting McCabe and Rafferty as well. Spot on there, Jake. So that's that's about it for the trade deadline. We're going to probably do a bigger pod on Friday or Saturday. We'll talk through what uh, we're going to plan on doing here. But I'm, I'm excited. We'll see where things go with the trade deadline. Should be fun. Uh, but on to the Q&A. So we tweet out the Q&A every couple podcasts here at the Skates and Stakes Twitter account. Uh, starting off, our close personal friend, Brock Vember, the man of a million charts, our friend Zach. Uh, he asks, hashtag Isles, what are your optimal defensive pairings with the current hashtag Isles roster? And who would the hashtag Isles optimal pickup be to improve them? So I'll go first here. Um, so optimal defensive pairings right now, I think, is going to be uh, Pelic Dobson, uh, you know, maybe Aho and Pe- Pulak. And then I'm going to go Romanov. No, I'm going to go Romanov, Pulak, and then I'm going to go Aho and Mayfield. I think analytically the best pairing would be, you know, obviously Aho and Mayfield's worked well. I'm surprised we haven't gone back to that a little bit more. Um, in terms of improvement, I would go with Joel Edmondson. I'd make a trade with Montreal for Joel Edmondson, and I would slot it in being Dobson Edmund or Edmondson Dobson, uh, Mayfield and or Pelik and Mayfield and Romanov and Pulak. I think that's how I would ideally slot it. Um, I'll kick it to AJ first year. That's fair. Uh, honestly, I'm loving, I'm really loving Romanov Pulak, and I'm liking Pelic and Mayfield. You might have to just bite the bullet if you're keeping these guys, and just keep it the way it is. It's not that bad. Aho sucks, sure, but they want the speedy guy to help Dobson with the breakouts. I kind of understand that method they're going for. If they want to go with that, sure. I'm fine with it the way it is right now with these guys because Pelik, uh, not Pelik, excuse me, Pulak has brought Romanov's game to another level. Romanov's looked so much better since Pulak hopped in next to him. And my guy of choice would be Dmitry Kulikov. Just take Aho out and put Kulikov there. I kind of talked myself into maybe thinking about Letty, though. I'm not going to lie. Coming from the Letty hater. Yeah, that sounds about right. And Jake, you'll get the final stab of this question here. Yeah, I, I got to agree. I mean, Romanov Pulak has, has to stay together. Romanov has been unleashed the past few games. Another solid game by him today. I do think for right now, until a trade's made, which, you know, is would be different because our next game is Saturday, but I do like Pollock Dobson together because I hate Alho Dobson as a pair. And Alho Mayfield analytically was like a top three pair, and they just stopped doing it. It makes no sense, but I would do that. But if you're getting Kulikov to replace Alho, um, I'd still do. I'll do Pelik, Mayfield, Romanov, uh, Pulak, and then Kulikov, uh, Dobson. Sounds good. Um, so next up is our friend Ken Him Duncan on Twitter, aka at Big Papa Pump. 
uh, Scott Steiner over here. Uh, but he he made this tweet before the trade. I mean, the obvious answer would now be Pierre Engvall. But outside the usual suspects, such as Greenway, Dumba, Schmalz, Chikrin, Henrik, Shattenkirk, who do you all think are some dark horse candidates to be picked up by the Isles at the deadline? Uh, I'll go first here. Name not on your list, which was Greenway, Dumba, Schmalz, Chikrin, Henrik, Shattenkirk. I'd go with Max Domi. Give up a second get a 25 goal guy in the lineup uh palms has been playing really good hockey recently but he hasn't been putting the puck in the back of the net so just to be able to move palms back to maybe like the killer p line um you know move another guy into our top six who can score a goal every now and then guy on pace for 25 goals i think max domi would be outside the usual candidates there and we could give up like a second and a fifth for him i know we went through all these guys at length but if there's anyone in a specific package you guys can think of here uh kicking over to jake first yeah, um, I'm going to talk about what I talked about before. I think Verona would be considered a dark horse, and he's not on your list. I'm so, like I said, familiar with Wayne Lambert as um, he was the assistant coach for the Capitals when Verona was there. Um, and I think it would be an interesting dark horse ad that could improve the Islanders now and um, kind of something that no one is really talking about. Perfect. I would actually really like that. Um, AJ, uh, how about you on this question? I'll go one forward in Barabana, which I already said before. And I'll go to a defenseman, which I said two seconds ago, Nick Luddy. I'm buying into it the more I say it. I can't believe this. This is, you know, this is a heel it's a turn. Better yeah, this is awful. This, it's a better version bad, of Aho that's going to be stop. cheap. It's a better can, version of Aho that's cheap. Be, yeah, you'd be but, paying for the next four years. It would. Yeah, they'd have to retain the cap. Use your ears, dumbass. I'm not. I'm. I'm not getting Nick Letty. I'm just not. All right. So watch Sebastian Ajo fall on his face three times no, a game I'm, and stop. I'm gonna watch Dmitry Kulikov instead. I'm just saying. I'd rather have Letty than if they want to go with the faster skater route. Letty's a good option. Great radio here. Um, but no, I, I agree with AJ. I, or I agree with Jake. I would not want Nick Letty again. Uh, just at that contract. If he was on expiring, yeah, sure. Just a couple more years when the legs are gone. I can't really imagine what Letty's going to be. But AJ does have a good point with retention there. If it's only a second, the raw two trade comes full circle. And we bring Letty home. I, I wouldn't hate it over oh, falling a million times again. Uh, next up, new friend of the pod, Clockwork, who made a killer meme about our last episode at my relationship with the mall. Um, as three doctors with advanced degrees and numerous uh, with advanced and numerous medical degrees, in your expert medical opinions, is Barzal's injury similar to Simon's injury, where he had truly is week to week, or should we be, pre- be prepared for worse news? Let me break um, this one down. Yeah, you go first. As the biggest hater of this podcast, I equally wanted as much pain to go to uh craig smith as i wanted to happen to sam bennett i think i still hate sam bennett a little bit more though for that simon hit that's my doc doctor intake sounds good i would say i think barzal tracks i'm gonna guess last week or second to last week of march um you know i i honestly i can't assess the injury but I think he does come back and plays this season if we're in the playoff hunt, and I think he gets a little tuned up before the playoffs if we're going to make it. Um, I think it was just a very a very safe like rule by Lou to make it indefinite, but he hasn't hit IR yet. He hasn't hit LTIR as far as I know. I'm going to check cap friendly, but I think he's still in the books. They can play at any time. So I think it truly is week to week, but I do think it's like, I guess it's similar to Simon in this case where it really is week to week. Jake, thoughts on the Barzal injury at the moment? 
I really do think it's week to week and he will be back um, before the season ends because, you know, originally it was announced out indefinitely and then they kind of backtracked and said, oh, it really is week to week. Lou spoke today, said it was week to week again. So I don't, I think they have a better idea of what the injury is and I do think he will be back by the end of the year. And I'm a really good doctor, so uh, it's, it's true. Dr. Thugonomics Jacob, uh, but good question, Clockwork. <laughs> nice to meet you recently. You've been a great follow on my end and a great replier. Um, all right, next up, our friend Payne, uh, new Mets Isles, one, two, three. Who do you think Lou will trade for? Personally, I think they need another forward and defenseman. Well, they got the forward today. What are the realistic options out there? I think we covered this pretty extensively earlier in the pod, but thanks for the question to your pain. Um, you know, good good question. I We've all kind of, with our last couple questions, was pretty good. Um, you know, we covered that a little bit in Zach's question, Ken's question, but any other, you know, trade topics, feel free to DM us. And next up, uh, B. Ferris Verified, the guy we supplied with some tickets a couple weeks back, Brendan Ferris, big fan of the pod. Thanks for the support. Uh, there were some scouts at the Ducks-Hawks uh, game last night. Anyone other than Domi and Henrique you'd be, be interested in? Probably don't have the assets for Klingberg, but an upgrade over Ajo is something Lou should consider. I know we've talked to, about Kulikov kind of to death here. I think AJ's made a very good point that this should be a guy to consider. Anyone else on the Ducks and Kings you'd really be interested in? I would have Kulikov, Domi, and Henrique. Mason McTavish. That's a good one. I like that one. Nice uh, take. Yeah, let's get Zagris and McTavish. Um, I have like, one. Uh-oh. I have one. I have one. You're not going to expect this name. Nick Luddy. Three, three-way deal. No, I'm just kidding around here now. I'm just taking the piss out of it. <laughs> uh, no, I, okay. I want Kulikov more than I want Luddy, but I knew you guys were going to talk about Luddy beforehand. Uh, Kulikov beforehand. So I was like, fuck it. I'll say Luddy. Nuts on the table there. We yeah, got- no, no one on Chicago's defense moves me. And their forward group, it's all NPCs at this point. Um, Domi's interesting. Athens is interesting. On the Ducks, I don't think it's going to take a lot to get Klingberg. I honestly don't. I think it's going to take like a fourth or a fifth. Surprise me on GMs tomorrow. But it's a $7 million deal. No one really outside of Henrik and Kulikov really moved me on the Ducks, but I really, like, just get an Ajo replacement. That's all I'm really asking for. Shattenkirk maybe might fit this question, but he's a righty as well. Jake, any names? Yeah, like you brought up, Kulikov, Henrik, maybe Klingberg. Um, but no, probably Henry, Henrik's, Henrik or Kulikov, probably. No one on the block. I mean, Domi, I know we brought up, but that's that's pretty much it. Yep, that's about it. Um, so, yeah, I think that's pretty much everything we want to get to on this pod. We'll have a giveaway coming up soon. But, uh, yeah, thanks, everyone, for listening to the podcast today. AJ, do you have anything else before we take it away? No. No, you could find me on Twitter, um, me, myself, and I on Twitter, at DeVito Hockey. You could find Ryan at Rat Martin. You could find Jake at Prime Jakey. You can find the podcast on Twitter at Skates and Stakes, and you can find the podcast on Instagram at Skates at the Stakes. Hope you guys enjoyed. We'll be back real soon, but another great episode. Thanks for listening.